Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Great America Podcast with Lou Dobbs, always in the fight for truth, justice, and yes, our American way of life. And now, here he is, the Peabody Award-winning voice of truth, the great Lou Dobbs. Hello, everybody, and good to have you join us here on The Great America Show. Welcome. And we turn now to American businessman Jonathan Bass, who has considerable experience uh, with uh, global commerce and specifically uh, the relationship uh, with China, uh, a man who I've found to be a keen observer of the geopolitics, uh, uh, geoeconomics uh, of uh, our the Sino-U.S. relationship. Uh, Jonathan, great to have you with us. And I, and I just want to start with this, this great uh, country, China, is now having immense economic problems. Uh, unemployment is uh, considerable. Uh, we are seeing real debt issues with uh, the, the, the housing and development sector, the property sector in China. Uh, we're also seeing defaults, and the and the and the Chinese government, the Communist Party, is not standing behind those companies who have taken in lots, and by lots I mean tens of billions of dollars of foreign foreign capital uh, to uh, to speculate and to drive their economy. Uh, it's quite a sobering moment. What do you think? You know. When you're talking about the capital, I mean, everyone starts their conversations when you discuss China. Well, America is owned by China because they're the largest debt holder of American debt with, you know, $1 trillion, where I think Japan is actually our largest debt holder. Mm-hmm. But we have invested over the last 20 years trillions of dollars into the Chinese economy. And in the uh, in this in last couple of weeks where you see the issue with the Uyghurs and the vote in Congress, where we only actually had one dissenting vote, we we have um, been able to show that there is unification on the Uyghur issue. But corporate America got spooked because the Chinese government came in and told, you know, Intel this and they backtracked, told Walmart this and they backtracked everyone that that started to get hit. And those companies, those American companies have massive investments that I think exceed the trillion dollars that the Chinese government owns in American debt. Yeah, I, th- I think that the <laughs> the stranglehold they have on the United States is too often overlooked by our, uh, our so-called elites, uh, whether they be in government, academia, business, or finance. And the idea that uh, somehow, uh, the United States doesn't have to uh, be prudent, responsible, cognizant of all that China is, is so outdated. And they don't appreciate, even though it's staring all of us in the face, how dependent we are on China, whether it be for pharmaceuticals, pharmaceutical ingredients, whether it be for clothing, whether it be for finished uh, 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 electronics, 
uh, computers, advanced computers, in point of fact. Uh, I, I think people have really uh, just turned a blind eye to the power that China holds over the United States right now. What do you think? Well, I agree with you. It's, um, you know, we've lived in a generally peaceful time over the last 20 years in trade. So guys in the boardroom have looked at always shareholder value and increasing profitability and lowest wage dictating where you're going to move supply chain. And we've now find that the boardrooms, which are, they are unprepared to deal with, are no longer looking at what's going on on low price labor, low price freight, you know, 11 day transit from Shanghai to LA port, those are all out the window. And geopolitical issues are what's gonna be dictating the future over our companies and what is gonna dictate the new normal. And until they start to look upon how we get to this new normal, we're, we're as consumers in America, we're beholden to an inefficient corporate supply chain that's dictating from a boardroom that's looking at the past and not looking at the future. And a, and boardrooms that, by the way, have shown themselves to be hostile uh, to the U.S. federal government uh, and the policies, whether of Trump uh, or, or uh, even uh, partially uh, Obama in that administration. But we have now a Republican Party that has awakened to the fact that corporate America in this country and Wall Street uh, are absolutely aligned with China. Uh, they're aligned with open borders. They are aligned with diminished American sovereignty. They're aligned with illegal immigration. Uh, and they turn, again, a blind eye to the collateral damage as a result, whether it be the American middle class or the uh, hundreds of th thousands of overdose deaths as a result of the drug traffic across that uh, southern border. Uh, and by the way, crossing that southern border, uh, the second largest group of illegal immigrants are Chinese. Uh, this, is, uh, this does not appear to me to be in any way an accident or a coincidence. This is part of a plan as the Chinese continue to buy up farmland in this country to buy whatever technology or uh, advancement uh, they can, they proceed. And right now, their investment in this country is enormous, and their influence in this country is enormous. You know, eminent domain is a word we should start to use when it comes to Chinese assets in America, because we have to start to look at what are national security assets that we sold them for, for boardroom gain and long-term loss. But that's one thing. The food issue, Lou, is a tremendous issue because what China is doing right now and what they did, the proof is always in the pudding and their behavior. What they've done with urea in stopping the export of urea to Canada and to Australia, urea is one of the main components of fertilizer. And so what they're trying to do is control the mineral production of fertilizers, which dictates our production of food. And that's what leads to the conflict that's going on right now between Algeria and Morocco. Sub-Saharan -Sub Africa, Sub-Saharan Morocco has 75% of the world's reserve of phosphates. 
and Algeria is the number three world recipient of Chinese military equipment. And we are being baited by the Algerians, by the Polisario, to actually go in and give the Sahara to the Algerians, which is actually giving a gift to uh, the Chinese government. Now, Trump, on his last move on Friday, recognized the Sahara and actually supported it and issued uh, an, an, uh, an accord to put a consulate down in the Sahara. Right now, you've got guys like uh, Senator Inhofe who are trying to block the, uh, the consulate from being built in, in the Sahara. But what they don't see is 75% of our ability to produce food over generations to come we're going to hand that over to the Chinese government. So is Inhofe right in fighting it or was Trump right in recognizing it? And I tend to believe that Trump was right in recognizing it. Trump, uh, in addition to that, looking at uh, the new Middle East and trying to create alignments that are rational and proportionate uh, and equitable, uh, in every turn he understood the threat posed by the Chinese communist. He understood that Xi Jinping means to hold dominion over not only the, the Pacific and Southeast Asia, but indeed to be the major, major power in all the world. Uh, it is insufficient to, to call what uh, he is trying to create a superpower. It will be the superpower if he succeeds, don't you think? Yes. And it, you have to look, Lou, at what he did since COVID began. They took down in the first three months over 800 crosses, shut down churches, attempted to shut down the 26 synagogues that are in China. They're imprisoning uh, the Uyghurs, Muslims, uh, in, whether it's from organ harvesting uh, re-education, they're making the Nazis look like kindergarten teachers. What Trump saw is the way in which Xi Jinping's desire to become emperor of the world and his goal as getting his power from the heavens was the way he was going to rule. And if we have to look at what he did just in those five months that we went into COVID, he wants a godless world and a world run by the Chinese is going to be a far different world to wake up to than the world run by the United States of America. And just ask the people of Hong Kong right now who are adjusting uh, to a, uh, a, a one system government. And that one system is obviously the Chinese communist uh, system of government. Uh, and their influence now, uh, their total control of Hong Kong. This happened without so much as a peep from Europe, from the United States. Uh, it, it's, it is absolutely stunning to me, Jonathan, that the national left-wing corporate media doesn't even take cognizance of the, the threats that are being uh, that are imposed now on uh, Taiwan, the threats of invasion. I mean, it's raw, rank, and uh, absolutely undisguised. They 
are threatening invasion. Uh, they are threatening the United States itself. If it so much as protests uh, the building of those artificial islands and any any uh, interference in their control of na navigation across those sea lanes uh, that are critical to 70% of the world's trade uh, on those uh, uh, in the South, uh, South China Sea. Uh, your thoughts about th just the lack of response uh, on the part of the United States, but also Europe. You know, we, we have to look at history to determine the future. It's our only lesson. I know everyone wants to cancel history. Right now it's in mode, it's in fashion. But you, you just take the 1936 Summer Olympics in Germany. IBM had sold the counting machine. Sorry, they leased the counting machines that counted the Jews, uh, gypsies, Christians that were put into the concentration camps. They didn't sell them because they thought they were going to have a long run of, of milk in it for the money. You had Ford that was in there. You had all corporate America that supported the 1936 Summer Olympics. By the world supporting the Olympics, it gave Hitler the power and prestige of doing what he did. Had we backed out of the 1936 Olympics, had Europe backed out, had we shown a line in the sand, a true line in the sand against what they were doing, it would have had a definite different impact to world, the future of World War II. What I'm fearful of is as Xi Jinping comes out of this, the closing ceremonies at the end of February and walks into his March 5th Communist Party meeting, which I think happens every twice every uh, 10 years or something, or you know, once every 10 years, the People's Congress meeting in Beijing, we are going to bring a more emboldened, uh, powerful Xi Jinping. And we could have had a moment where the world stood up and said, you know what, we don't support what you're doing to the Uyghurs. We don't support what you're doing to the Christians in China. We don't support what you're doing in Hong Kong, nor Taiwan, nor Ethiopia, nor Algeria, nor Iran, nor Afghanistan. We are on the other side of this, but we're so concerned about getting toilet paper that we're throwing the rest out the window. Yep, I think you're exactly right. And think about uh, the, the posture of the United States. Uh, President Biden has said that we won't send our diplomats, which is precisely the kind of uh, psyops response you would expect from the left these days, uh, rather than substance to, to use a ruse, a ploy like that, that disguises perhaps to most Americans, the fact that we are sending uh, corporate America. We are sending uh, those who want to uh, go to China. We're sending our, uh, our top financiers to China. Uh, they're going to all be there for the, uh, the Olympics. And as you point out, the only thing missing will be those diplomats who will not be missed by anyone. Uh, but guess what? NBC will be covering the Olympics for all the world to see. And that will be the, the ultimate statement that we make in acquiescence uh, and in compliance to the Communist Chinese Party. It is an outrage. And as you say, we do have a moment here where we could make a difference. And the difference we're making is not in the interest of the United States or Western civilization. 
But as you know, NBC, they're going to put production value behind this. They're not going to go out and film the Uyghurs in camps being burnt up and gassed and re-educated. They're not going to go, you know, out into dormitories and factories and they're not going to go show how people are being fed in these factories or these lockdowns, these extreme lockdowns where people's doors are welded shut. They're going to show what they want to show for production value. And the 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 danger of all of that is that we will start to put forth what I call the John Wayne effect of China. John Wayne, Charlie Chaplin made the world look at America through a different lens. Now they've got NBC that's going to make the world look at China through a different lens and not a truthful lens. And there's where the danger lies. But, you know, to add to that, everything that's going on right now with COVID in China and it's spread quickly, maybe that God will take care of shutting down the Olympics. If he didn't leave it to humanity, they may actually have to shut it down. I mean, I think two days ago, China started turning back American airplanes because they called them full of COVID and <laughs> sent them back to America. So, you know, it's it, we're in an, an, a very precarious position where I think the big are looking to get bigger with China. Oh, yeah. And the small are going to be put out of business. This This supply chain issue, has really impacted uh, independent and small retailers and has benefited the major, bigger retailers. The bigger retailers have grown significantly um, by leaps and bounds, and they've put all of the small yeah. you know, retailers out of business. So we're, we're talking about big box stores. We're talking about Amazon. We're talking about what is one of the largest, uh, uh, just, just our retail businesses are the, the largest market for Chinese goods in the world. Well, I mean, you take Walmart alone is, what, $590 billion, which equates the GDP of Michigan and Louisiana, and then throw in another state or two. You know, you out of a $19 trillion economy, you know, you've got 500, almost $600 billion in one company's hands. So, that, which accounts for 13% of the exports of China. Yeah. And uh, now uh, I had always been told that Walmart uh, account was the third largest export market alone for Chinese products. Uh, when you now look at and that was before the the, the surge in the, uh, the the market power of Amazon, the United States now has to be easily the number one market uh, and, and number two and number three uh, as you break down the various sectors of our economy. It and to you were talking about the debt that's held by the the Chinese. That's less worrisome to me than some others uh, might uh, consider appropriate because uh, I I think that is uh, some in some ways a countervailing force to the fact that China is holding host hostages against America now. Uh, well, we were mentioning Walmart, uh, Home Depot, all of the big box stores bringing in all of those exports from China. We're utterly dependent upon big pharma is utterly dependent on China. But interestingly, we not only have that dependency, which makes us vulnerable, but we have major corporations, whether it is uh, Tesla, whether it uh, uh, is uh, any one of the major companies, uh, Apple, certainly foremost amongst those 
uh, in technology that's actually held hostage by China because their production, uh, their uh, intellectual property is in the is in the hands of the communist Chinese, and and no one wants to acknowledge that reality. What do you think, Jonathan? I mean, Trump tried so hard with TikTok to recognize the threat and try to explain to the American people the threat that TikTok wasn't a app. TikTok wasn't some program that was going to tell you where your favorite pastrami sandwich uh, that your restaurant was. TikTok is an algorithm that can pick up every part of your life in understanding your likes, your dislikes, what you're impressioned by, how you're motivated, how you're saddened, everything. And they could use deep fake to actually change the mindset of people. 10 people in a room could be impacted in 10 different ways off of TikTok. Right. And Trump realized that it wasn't about, you know, uh, the pastrami sandwich. It was who and how they were going to message to change the thought and direction and trajectory of the American public. And they're very successful at taking a long game. And we keep losing it because we keep standing up for the boardroom and instead of the people. And we need to start to stand up for Americans, citizens, world citizens, and protecting yeah. world freedom as opposed yeah. to going down a, a road of, uh, you know, all of us becoming Uyghurs. Exactly. And, and I have to tell you, I'm, I am amused at the, the, the farcical uh, limited minds of Hollywood as they try to grapple with the woke, uh, the woke movement in this country. Uh, talking, spewing utter nonsense that they, uh, as they do, uh, about uh, politics, the the neo-Marxists that make up the leadership of the Democratic Party, and uh, and saying they just simply uh, we have to you know be something quite different than we are, as they do business with the Chinese on an unprecedented level now, whether it's in production, whether it is in the actual uh, distribution of movies, they can, you know, for example, AMC theaters, the largest theater chain in the United States is Chinese owned. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and meanwhile, they're selling out to Chinese communists who are defying everything that they say they uh, stand for. These are some of the most ignorant people in this country those people running Hollywood right now because they are simply in it to get bigger, as you said, to make more money. The Chinese have more money, and therefore the Chinese will win in Hollywood. Uh, you're watching them take control of the content of American movie making. We are watching. Uh, they, they dictate the actor. The, absolutely. They dictate uh, and, the actor. They dictate and, the producer, director. And they scare the hell out of everyone. Uh, the Ch Wall Street, those financiers, some of the wealthiest people uh, in the world, uh, sit on Wall Street and are scared to death to come out against anything that China does, any policy. We're talking about supply chain disruption. That isn't what we're really talking about. What we're really talking about is the craven American business community, corporate America, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the Business Roundtable, who sent American jobs 
to the cheapest foreign labor markets played wage arbitrage with the future of millions of Americans. And guess what? Those American workers, their families lost and lost big. And we are seeing this come home as we are now dependent on factories and production facilities spread all over, principally Asia, uh, that are just not working because the Chinese also just happen to own the vast majority of container ships bringing all of those goods to America. And that reality is escaping nearly everyone, it seems, in Congress, in the Senate, uh, and the White House. They see it as a, just a benign, uh, competitive uh, moment. The, the White House and our State Department uh, under uh, the current administration is more concerned with uh, a green revolution. And will Xi Jinping commit to you know, uh, carbon neutral by 2060 or 2050 and, oh yeah, he'll sign that. Okay, give him what he wants. Everything is being dictated by this green initiative, which is unrealistic because they're not gonna with, withstand a, an agreement. China has never agreed. They didn't agree to phase one and live up to it. They have not agreed and committed to any of their uh, issues. But going back to the shipping containers, there's about 53,900 shipping containers on the water right now. The Maritime Association made an agreement to change the engine types from bunker fuel engine types to diesel and natural gas. And they were supposed to do this in 2020. Now, the 15 largest container ships owned by the Chinese emit as much pollution as 780 million automobiles, which is nearly the population of automobiles in the world. So even if you electrify all those 780 million cars and forget what coal production is gonna to do to generate that electricity, but even if you electrify it, you've only taken care of 15 container ships. There's 53,900 left. So we're heating our waters at the tune of four nuclear bombs a day and our icebergs aren't melting from the top, they're melting from the bottom. I call it the Titanic effect. Hollywood created the Titanic movie and they learn, you all learned one thing from watching Titanic is that 90% of the iceberg is underwater and 10% is above water. But if you open up your computer and you look at any of the melting icebergs in the North Pole, or the Arctic, they're crashing into the water. That means the 90% has melted away. And why has it melted away over the last 20 years? Because of globalization. And globalization is in, at risk right now. And their plan has to be changed. You know, one other point that I wanted to add to, to what you said was, sure. when we look at our politicians, we consider the Israelis to be the most sophisticated on the intelligence side, on the technology side and everything. They basically gave their port to the uh, Shanghai International Port Group for $1.7 billion. That was the cheapest investment that China ever made in intelligence gathering right. because they now know Every container, what's included in it, what military, what technology, what 
they're shipping to which country they're shipping it from and from which is Israel and two and you're carrying you know more than 18,000 containers out of that port uh, and these the Israelis who are the smartest in the intelligence game gave their black book to the Chinese for 1.7 billion dollars it's it's stunning how stupid uh, the Chinese make uh, just about everybody in the world look. I, I I frankly can't think of that exception. So I'll say just about everybody, but I, I think it's everybody uh, in the world. They are outworking us, they're outthinking us, uh, and they're outmaneuvering us. Uh, and when I say us, I'm talking about the United States, I'm talking about European nations, uh, and I'm certainly talking about Southeast Asia, the Middle East, uh, and certainly Africa. It is it is stunning what they've managed to achieve in the last 30 years. And they've done so because the West has become indolent, uh, unimaginative, and uh, delusioned uh, by their own uh, uh, sense of a self that ceased to exist, oh, just about 30 years ago. Uh, we have not perceived threats correctly. Our intelligence agencies don't seem to have a clue what they're doing. I have no idea what they're spending money on because they haven't been right about a single one of these third country, third world country uh, conflicts that we keep getting ourselves, have been getting ourselves into. Uh, we don't prevail against uh, Russia. We sanction them. And meanwhile, Vladimir Putin does exactly what he wants. And president after president says, well, we've sanctioned them. So just think what would happen if we sanctioned them again. But the answer is absolutely nothing. It is the Russians with advanced hypersonic missiles now being tested, not the United States. It's China with advanced hypersonic missiles uh, being actually demonstrated uh, with, uh, you know, going around the, the entire world and then landing 25 miles from a target. We are being outmaneuvered, outworked, outthought every single day by the Chinese. And, I don't know. And, and I don't know how to respond to it. I really don't. But, do you? But so it comes from a couple points, right? One is our universities. The Chinese have thousands of university professors. We have 4,000 plus universities in the United States. I guarantee you each university has at least one Chinese operative. The guy from Harvard was just not the first. Yeah, the chairman um, of the of the chemistry department. Department uh, actually actually uh, owned uh, by the Chinese for crying out loud. But in every university, there's more of them. A friend of mine is a chair at a, a one of the UC bigger UC systems, and I spoke to him and I asked him how many do you think are at UCLA. He says, oh, they got at least ten or fifteen. Yeah, and so. We, we have to first look at, and we're showing it look, last week, the Iranians made a threat to Brian Hook and parts of the administration to kill them over the killing of Qasem Soleimani. And it ended up being a Princeton University professor that delivered that message on Twitter. Right. So we have a past uh, ambassador to Germany from the regime, from the, an Iranian ambassador to Germany who was accused of multiple assassinations, basically kicked out of Germany and given a job by Princeton University 
to run a department. And he is the Trojan horse sitting at Princeton, you're educating our children and the minds and thought of our future generation. So we have to look at our university and educational system and see how much of it has been taken over now by the Iranians, how many have they put in, how many Chinese professors are reporting, how many are teaching the narrative of socialism, communism, and Marxism. You know, Marxism. And we have to look at that. The next thing that we have to look really deeply at is this whole issue of the globalization part, you know, and the narrative. Farid Zakaria this weekend on his show, oh my lord, said said there were China is managing COVID much better than America. They have less than five hundred deaths since they got COVID. <laughs> is he kidding? No, that's the that's a hell of it. He's not kidding. Fareed has been on that little uh, perch of his at CNN spewing nonsense for decades now. Uh, and he goes unchallenged. It's it's insane. Uh, absolutely insane. What we tolerate in the way of the propagandist corporate owned media. Whatever. No one. The no one came up against him. No one came not. up against him. You know, you, you talked about Hollywood last night. I uh, had dinner with a. Um, uh, an actress in Hollywood and a, and a group of people. Um, and the co conversation was human trafficking. And when I, you know, talking about Cambodia, talking about all these, and when I said, you know what, China's the largest uh, proliferator of human trafficking, sex trafficking, they were all shocked. It's not what we hear on CNN. Nope. So, and so when we look at these things going on, by the way, you, you, you don't hear it. You don't hear it on Fox either. You don't hear it uh, in the uh, New York Times or Washington Post. Uh, it, it's this is a, a I think not a bipartisan. This is a uh, an absolute expansive, all in American Americans have decided to ignore reality. I, I don't know if this is one of those mass uh, psychosis uh, issues or events. But my God, it, it looks as though we are the uh, we're intellectual zombies uh, inhabiting uh, our whether our, our universities, as you're pointing out, or uh, or Washington D.C. Uh, we've got to do better, and we've got to energize ourselves to to apply our talent and our minds uh, and our will to these threats, and it's just not yeah. happening. But this comes, you've been saying it for years, Lou, that at the base of all of this, we have a law called the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. We're yep. the only country in the world to have a law similar to the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, which means that we have a line in the sand when it comes to corruption. But yet we have a system that has become far more corrupt because a Chinese operative could move money into the United States and put it into the hands and start playing it on the roulette table and covering all their numbers. So at every time that that thing spins, the Chinese government wins because they own that guy or that woman. You know, how is it that Nancy Pelosi's husband is doing business in China? Her, her driver, her confidant, worked for the government, worked for the Chinese government for 20 years, 
and this guy's not in our jail. And she says he's not been exposed to any secrets. He, she's had, this guy's had full access to her bedroom, her nightstand, her phone calls, sitting in the car, driving her, listening to everything. For 20 years, he was reporting back to the Communist Party, and we don't have him in jail. He's in China. Yeah. This is incredible. Oh, don't don't forget good old Congressman Swalwell. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, they had a honeypot uh, that uh, organized just for him, and uh, and they didn't do it because uh, he was some sort of genius. They did it because he's an idiot, uh, and they used him, uh, and in God knows how many different ways, uh, and he's walking around thinking he's the cleverest fellow in, in Washington. By the way, I. He doesn't even realize what faint praise that would be if indeed he were the cleverest fellow in Washington. I mean, honestly, in other countries, we call that treason Absolutely. and people tend to be hung for it. You know, John, Pollard, Pollard for less went to jail for many, many years and Swalwell's sitting on a committee. But yeah. leaving... Leaving that aside, I mean, we what what can we do to change? What can we do to 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 act to to change the trajectory? And you know, I, I believe that we need to invest in our partners, our foreign allies that share our values, our friends, the ones that Obama kicked them in the teeth in the Gulf in North Africa. Uh, we've left them. We've had administration after administration that have left our friends on the sideline and played with them uh, like checkers. And yeah. now they, we are going to lose them because the Chinese are saying, hey, we have a 10-year plan. You want to play with America, you got a two, four, six, eight-year plan. You could lose it all in two, four, or six, or eight. With China, invest with us, and we are your friend forever. But they're playing three ball on Fifth Avenue. You know, yeah. They're playing that game. Right. They're going to well, own the I, court. I've got another idea because I, you know, I did a story uh, that uh, some credited with stopping uh, Dubai, uh, Dubai ports uh, from buying up all of the U.S. ports uh, 20 years ago. Uh, we know that the, the Shanghai group uh, is buying up ports all over the Chinese. Uh, the CCP is buying mm -hmm. up ports worldwide uh, and goes on. The first thing we need to do is decide what we're doing with our capital and start talking about a policy uh, for corporate America. Corporate America right now runs this government, runs our political system. It's money decides who the candidates will be. And we've got to deal with the fact that we are a country governed by oligarchs. If all of these billionaires were in Russia, they'd be oligarchs. If all of these billionaires who are in Silicon Valley were uh, in, uh, in Western Europe, we would call them oligarchs. We refer to these billionaires respectfully and dutifully as uh, entrepreneurs, uh, immensely successful uh, multi-billionaires, the richest of this or that. These are oligarchs, and they are working for themselves and not almost without exception, not for this country. We've got to deal with that openly and understand that they control our media, which is, after all, our window onto our society. And 
it's now so distorted that it's it's unrecognizable to anyone who acknowledges truth. A hundred percent. And I, I got some bad news for you because you're going to have to go back to work on the Qatari thing because they've just set aside $10 billion to invest again in trying to buy U.S. ports. Um, and they're going to be coming out this year trying trying to buy some ports in America. And the port system is our national security. We can't allow any foreign entity to own any of our ports. It's yeah, just Jonathan, not possible. But Jonathan? How can we not afford to build ships that will offload goods and, and take and ship goods to other countries? Uh, we don't have those ships. We have so few flagged American vessels that it's not even worth discussing. Meanwhile, the Chinese dominate uh, that. Because, oh, because I mean, it's just because I, I get so mad, I sputter. Yeah, because we're taxing these flags, so they won't put them on American flags. We're taxing these companies and over-regulating our industry that they can't build ships. We've we've taken away the value of the job. We've taken away the value. But, you know, take a parent. I'm a parent. I've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in each one of my kids' educations. If they were in engineering, and they spent their life trying to develop some kind of process, which we've invested a lot of money behind, only for the Chinese to take it for free. Yeah. So we keep investing in creativity and innovation and everything, and we're handing it like a hamburger on one of those plates from McDonald's to the Chinese for $1.25. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. And until we decide that we have to change certain things. And, and Lou, you've been on this for many years. Corruption is all forms. And it, until you take corruption out, the Chinese are beating us because we have the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. And until we go to defend that Foreign Corrupt Practices Act and we start taking both sides to the table, the left and the right, you know, to the table and taking them and proving that we've got to get corruption out of our system and we've got to invest in factories. You know, this infrastructure investment bill that they passed, 80% of it is going to go to China for things we don't even produce. So it's a windfall. I mean, the Chinese, the CCP, when they're in their party and they're all clapping, they're like, can you believe what the American Congress just gave us? Infrastructure in America. Well, think of what the Federal Reserve gave China for crying out loud. They expand the, the the Federal Reserve expands their balance sheet by eight trillion dollars, and that money is flowing almost directly into China. Uh, it's, the, the level of stupidity at work in this country is so stunning, so disgusting, so grotesque that it it is it is just sickening to think that it has uh, that we have American citizens who are. Uh, living day to day, week to week on a paycheck that isn't even that even those paychecks are now threatened by the fools who run corporate America. And make no mistake about it, folks. I am saying to you, corporate America is corrupt to the bone. Anyone who decides to do business that is against the interest of the United States is, is as Jonathan said, a traitor.
So, uh, John, with, with that, I hope you'll come back soon. We're going to continue this conversation. Uh, I would love to have you back in a, a week or two so that we can focus on uh, the the Chinese, the, the U.S.-Sino <laughs> uh, relationship, which is decidedly one-sided. Our custom, uh, Jonathan, is to give our guests the last word, and uh, you get the last word. You know, Lou, I just want to thank you for what you do for all of us and um, protecting all of us and people you don't even know who are not probably even aware of the situation that will affect them in years to come. And I know that getting out in the front of the tent in the heat of the sun, like Abraham did, is all oftentimes the most uncomfortable position that you'll ever put yourself in and takes the most guts and and courage. And, you know, I want to thank you for being the guy who gets in front of the tent in the heat of the sun and, you know, really pushes the narrative forward so that people don't forget. And we live in a 24 hour news cycle that, you know, if someone doesn't keep repeating it, people tend to shove it under the carpet and move on. So for that, I thank you for being the American you are and the uh, person who's impacted a lot of us to continue to fight because we see you don't give up and we see you're in the fight for good. So that's my last word. Well, those are very kind words and I thank you for them, Jonathan. And I thank you for being in the public arena. And I know that uh, you have a great deal to lose in, in so doing. Uh, a, a businessman who will speak up forthrightly, honestly, uh, is, is a, a gift uh, to this, uh, this great country of ours. And we appreciate uh, your involvement and uh, all of us in this country uh, recommitting ourselves to truth, justice, uh, and the American way. Uh, we try to every day here uh, on the Great America Show. Thanks for being with us, Jonathan. I hope you'll be back soon and we'll continue the conversation, uh, which has been absolutely, from my side, absolutely delightful. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Lou. And coming up tomorrow, we'll be taking up the issue of the coronavirus, the China virus, the Wuhan virus, and the pandemic that has ensued over the more now than two years. We'll be talking with Dr. Robert Malone, noted virologist, in fact, uh, one of the authors, if not the inventor of the mRNA vaccine itself. Uh, he has very strongly held opinions based on knowledge, uh, based on his understanding of these viruses and the public health response to this point. So join us for that. The questions amongst others that we'll be taking up should you be vaccinating your young children? And should we continue to have booster shots? And at what point do we acknowledge that the public health agencies in this country do not have two years worth of knowledge after two years of experience with this deadly virus? Please join us here tomorrow. Dr. Robert Malone, our special guest. You don't want to miss it. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you then. Until then, God bless you. Join us again tomorrow for the Great America podcast. Stay in the fight. Truth, justice, and the American way will prevail against all enemies, against all odds.